Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor. Here as always my co-host at Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, it's it. This is it. We're here. You know, we're really starting to get into the NFL season. You know, we're on the cusp of a new Madden coming out also, um, which I'm t- more than anything, I want to get it this year because it's what John Madden would have wanted. Oh, so you're giving you're giving John Madden your money because that's what he would he would have wanted. No, well, also, like I want to play as Brees Hall and Sauce Gardner and all the mm. guys and Garrett Wilson and Jeremy Ruckert, of course. Got it. Got it. Of course. Of course. But also, it's a celebration of John Madden's life, and yeah. I, you know, it's cool, cool stuff. Anyway, so. So we're going to go into, well, I actually didn't even ask you how you were. So how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Hang in there. Yeah. Been, a, been a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Been a week. Yeah. Been a week, but I'm here. I'm here. Made it. And uh, yeah. Ready to, uh, ready to start the divisional previews. Are you ready, Adam? I am ready. Oh, this is going to be fun. Love divisional previews. Going through all the players, all the projections. It's like. This is really what starts the countdown, because if you think about it, because we're we're doing this the smart way this year. The episodes might be a little bit longer, but we're condensing it into doing the east, the west, the Souths, the Norths, where, you know, we'll talk be talking about the Jets and the Giants today instead of doing it over, you know, doing two episodes per four weeks. We're just going to do four episodes this series and that takes us into it takes us into august because we're going to do one you'll hear this one wednesday then we're going to do another one which you'll hear friday and then we're going to do two next week and then we're in august and then it's time for uh rankings disputes between jake and i yep and then before you know it labor day drafts yep and then before you know it it's week one preview Oh, that's Which, crazy. My God. My God. And then and, and then the grind. The grind just starts. Am I ready to do three shows a week again? Well, I don't know. You, well, you may not have to do two three shows a week. You might only have to do two. Yeah, we're still working on that internally. But yeah, we're still trying to figure out who's gonna do what. But the plan, the plan is that we're going to be preview, review mailbag and a waiver show that is that is the tentative plan i guess the real question is are you ready to do four shows a week absolutely fucking not (laughs) not a chance on top of on top of because you know i am an i am a proud card carrying member of the ecr the expert consensus on fantasy pros so with the actual the actual one percent Yes, the, the actual 1%, correct. I can't make the joke anymore because I am kind of part of the 1%. <laughs> but I digress. I, I'm going to be a part of the accuracy competition. So I'm going to have to set ranks every single week. Yeah. And I'm set ranks. It's going to be my Mondays. And you're going to be writing too. Yeah. Yep. So between setting ranks, writing columns, doing pods, like, kill me. Kill me. Good luck. Good, goodbye, my life. Yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> so uh, but don't don't worry. I'm gonna go down. I'm, I'm gonna go to hell just with a bright smile on my face. <laughs> talking about uh, ADP and who you should start start sits and all that stuff. That's yeah. go to your grave doing that. And you know what? I love me the bird's nest. It's a great column. Do it every week. Go check it out. Talkingpointsports.com. I've actually gotten very full sendy on the uh, on the columns. I had one for the best breakouts of 2022, and I wrote one today um, doing a positional breakdown where we started talking about the quarterbacks today. And in that column includes all of my QB ranks. So if you have any specific question on where I have a quarterback that maybe you are interested in for your drafts that you are doing research on right now, because if you are not doing research right now, where yeah, as the kids say. Where do you have Derek Carr? What the fuck are you doing? Um, Where do I, where do I have Derek Carr? I think I have him at 14. I want to say that's 15, 15. Oh, the consensus has him at 14. Yes. Who do they have? um, Kirk cousins at 15. Yes. Well, I'd expect nothing less from an actual member of the consensus. Of course. I know my people card carrying member of the consensus. Card carrying member of the consensus. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, after we do these divisional previews where we look at the AFC and NFC East, we have one quick question, a little surprise at the end. Yeah. So stay tuned till the end for that. Plot twist. Plot twist. Oh. One quick one quick question is actually going to be at the end. Yeah. A great way to end the show. Just one quick question, then we're done. Yes, exactly. It works a little bit. It, 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 it gets it done. It gets it done. It ties a knot on the show with, with the quick question that we have. Bird, Bird from Portland, Oregon, of course, sent, sent in the question. Thank you, Bird from Portland. Correct. Correct. Be- beautiful person and a beautiful place. All right. Well, so do you want to start with the AFC East or the NFC East? Um, well, we did start with the AFC. We did run through the AFC last year first. So it's only fitting that we flip it around and do the NFC first. Okay, let's do that. Let's do it. So starting off with your favorite team, Good the, God. New York, the New York football giants. I'm just kidding. Fuck you, we, Adam. We could start off with the giants, though. Yeah, we can start with the giants. Sure. All right. So starting off with quarterback, of course, it's going to be Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. It's, a Dan, it's the Daniel Jones show. This is last year, probably to kind of prove something before the Giants pick Bryce Young or whoever. C.J. Um, Stroud. Yeah, or C.J. Stroud. In, uh, One or the other, probably. In the 2023 NFL draft. I'm, I'm barely even thinking about the, the NFL draft next year because well, hopefully. <laughs> you don't have to think about the draft anymore because the Jets may not be, you know, they, they're probably not picking at the top of the draft anymore. Barring barring something completely unforeseen where the oh, Jets just yeah. absolutely fucking fall apart. I'd rather not think about that until it happens. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Daniel Jones is going to be that person for you know starting quarterback. I mean, what do you see from Daniel Jones? Like, he's not a viable fantasy starter. Only in two QB. Only in two QB is where I would even consider looking at uh, Daniel Jones, but in redraft, only the only the deepest redraft leagues is where I'd be considering Daniel Jones, my QB twenty six. Although I wouldn't be surprised because Daniel Jones has shown kind of flashes 
of uh, potential of being like a good quarterback. And, you know, he's had a, he has an, an offensive wizard at head coach now who is able to kind of mold Josh Allen into what we know today. So, I mean, there's the possibility that he can be like a deep, like not even ironically, a deep sleeper heading into <laughs> heading into a this deep year. Deep sleeper. Yeah. But I kind of I, I don't know. I don't see it necessarily for Daniel Jones, but he has an opportunity. Like he has he's playing for his cash, A, new offensive system, B, and hopefully a healthy set of weapons, C. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of what Daniel Jones what happens with him past this year, it really comes down to a, whether he is going to be on the field and B what happens with, like you said, Adam, with the targets that are going to be, or the weapons, excuse me, that he has in his offense. Cause every last one of them notably missed time in some regard or another a year ago, Saquon Barkley, uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius, Tony. I mean, Evan, Evan Ingram, you know, is Evan Ingram, but he's no longer there. So he's not even a part, a part of the equation. Every one on the Giants that was there last year that's coming back this year missed time in some form or another. Yeah, either missed time or were terrible or both. Right, exactly. And now I think at the tight end, uh, it's a combination of, oh, if I know the names off my head. Daniel Bellinger, Jordan Akins, and Ricky Seals-Jones, I believe, is, a t- is the tight end group that the Giants have. So basically, it's just a uh, it's a hosh posh at, 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 at tight end. Yep, that is who they have. It, I mean, yeah, it's it's just truly it's it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. So good. We already talked about that. So let's move on to uh, running back and receiver. Which yeah, is really we do good. not need to talk about the, the Giants tight ends. Keep it very simple for everybody. I do not have a Giants tight end inside my top 45. There you go. Yeah, and that top 45 tight ends? Uh, top 45 tight ends, yeah. Oh, God, that's... yeah. That's I don't have one in there. Now, will one finish in there? Probably. If I, if I had to pick one that I think has the highest upside of the three, I'm probably going to go with Ricky Seals-Jones, if I'm honest. Well, he's definitely – he has the most proven track record out of all those tight ends. Yeah, yeah, and we, we've seen him be successful, especially as a vertical downfield threat before. With so, the Cardinals, yeah, for sure. Right, and even last year with, with uh, Washington, he was yep. useful in spurts. That's true. He did fill in for Logan Thomas. He so, did. He yeah. did. Our, our good friend, Logan Thomas. Yeah, get well soon. I think he's healthy heading yeah, into he is. this year. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the backs and receivers, the pass catchers and the running backs, Saquon Barkley, what more needs to be said? We talk about Saquon Barkley, it seems like every couple of weeks, whether like where you're drafting him and should you draft him even? I don't know. I think at this point, the price is getting so low. That's like, why not? Right. Is it getting low though, Adam? Is it getting low? He's being drafted in the second round right now in 12 team leagues. He's going at the two nine. Hmm. Okay. That's a little, 
That's a little granted. Rich. Granted, this is also in full point because I don't know if you knew this, Adam. Just a little sidebar. Uh, Fantasy Football Calculator actually gives you the option now of what scoring to choose from. Before it was standard half. Now you they, you get the choice of which uh, what level what level you want to choose from, whether PPR half or non. So interesting. Thank you, Fantasy Football Calculator. What about in half? In half, he is two nine. Two nine. That's and then in non, he is two eight. So he's yeah. back in back into the second round, pretty much universally. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of nitpicking. Like, why is he higher in non PPR than in regular? I or agree. In, in full I agree, half, but I'm also looking at you know you have. You have Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette that are lower than Barkley in non, but are oh, just higher wait till we him, talk about but are higher in him and half and full. Just wait till we talk about Leonard Fournette. Hopefully he's lost a couple pounds before we go on to the temporary Buccaneers. Did you see that story? That was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Again, anybody who says they have a they have a weight concern with Leonard Fournette. Um, I want to ask them if they've had a weight concern with Derrick Henry for the last four years. It's it, yeah. It's just how you carry it really. Yeah. It, it, yes. It, it is most certainly how you carry it. But again, like no one, no one bats an eye about Derrick Henry. Well, also it's kind of like people are looking for reasons to not draft guys or like rank guys lower mm-hmm. where they're kind of making mountains out of molehills. I mean, you saw it with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson before their rookie years, right? Where it was like, well, they're going, their skill set's not going to translate to the NFL level, yeah. And they're the two best receivers in the league. Correct. Correct. So, I forget what it was, what it was this week, but some some negative report came out about somebody. It wasn't it wasn't Fournette. It was somebody else. But basically, the the, the summation of it was, yeah, don't trust any of the beat writers in july because we've seen this before yeah and i have to do some research on it i have to find exactly what it was and i'll have to report it um on uh, on friday i'll have yeah. to find it and it goes the opposite way too where like you have a lot of reporters saying oh he's in the best shape of his life or like you know he's looking really good in camp i mean everybody i don't know if this is a great example because it's kind of true mm-hmm. but everybody was saying that elijah moore was like absolutely lighting up Jets camp. Like he was the second coming of Jerry Rice. <laughs> yeah. And well, you know, he was very, we, we do love Elijah. Give me, give me more here on this podcast. We do. He's and, a great guy. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I think it's a little overblown. Well, I mean, we have Garrett Wilson there now. So now it's like, you know, I don't know how much the Elijah give me, give me more. Uh, hype train can really be, you know, steaming like it was a year ago. Um, now with Garrett Wilson very much in tow, and of course, CJ Uzama and Tyler Conklin and, and Jeremy Ruckert and Brees Hall and Michael Carter out of the backfield. Yeah. Brees Hall, who just Correct. signed today, which is nice. Correct. Finally. Correct. Uh, how did we start talking about the New York Jets when we're talking about the Giants? Elijah Moore, of course. Great guy. Great guy. We love him. Um, but yeah, I have Saquon Barkley right now in my full PPR ranks as my RB12. I've I've made the move. He's in my top 12 because it's pretty simple. Saquon Barkley, if you can tell me he's playing, not, we won't even say a full season. Let's just, I'm not even going to say 17 games. 
let's say he plays 14 games. That is a top 10 running back in full point PPR. I mean, honestly, 14 games is kind of what you're expecting from running backs nowadays. Because there aren't too many players that stay healthy for a full season. But are you really expecting 14 games from Saquon Barkley? Same thing with McCaffrey. Are you expecting 14 games from Christian McCaffrey? No. No. No, but I think from like maybe maybe you're expecting five running and backs. Any, that anything finish, more than that is just gravy. <laughs> running backs that finish in the top five, you're expecting like maybe like at most fifteen games. Yeah, like fifteen games. Like they're probably going to be sitting out a couple for a couple games because it's a physical position, and um, inj- more injuries happen at that position than it seems like any other position just because of the physicality of it. I can tell you right now, if you have a running back, that's on a, that's on a competitive team and they're competing for a playoff spot. They are not sitting out games. Now Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey may not be in that position, but say another running back with maybe some injury concerns, like a James Connor, let's let's just say Dalvin cook. Sure. Deandre Swift. Well, Deandre Swift's on on a competitive team. Uh, maybe maybe Joe Mixon. So we've we've seen him have an injury injury bug before. Austin Eckler, sure. Austin Eckler, sure. You know yep. they, they're on competitive teams. They're playing every week. They're playing every week, barring something catastrophic, of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Saquon Barkley, that's interesting. I don't know if he, because also like I know the the room that we're going to be drafting in is full of people who are going to want to take Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. early. Because they they see a lot in him, like probably they're higher on him than the average uh, non Giants fan, fantasy football football player. Um, and it's the same thing. Like maybe I would see more in Brees Hall or Michael Carter or or Elijah Moore, just because you know I'm a Jets fan and I want to have players on the Jets on my team. But like depending on the room that you're in, I think you might be able to get Saquon Barkley at like a a stealish value of like the like mid third. I wrote a column on this today and, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when we, when we get to the bills, but the guy that I use as an example is Josh Allen. And I think this, this applies when you have Saquon Barkley, that's being drafted 21st overall. That might be a little high in terms of the price that I'm willing to pay, but it doesn't rule me out on Saquon Barkley. All that it means is just a 21 overall. I'm not comfortable at that price, but guess what? If I can get Saquon Barkley at say, say it's twenty-seven to thirty. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm down. Back end around three, sure. Yeah, and also I think the problem that I had last year and the year before with taking Saquon Barkley is that you were relying on him to be your number one guy, and then if he got hurt, then you're fucked. If you're taking him in the second round or the third round unless you go zero RB, you're going to have somebody else. Right. To, he's going to be your RB two. He'd be a stellar RB two. Exactly. He'd be, but he'd be your RB two. And you, you'd have somebody like um, maybe Austin Eckler, maybe Dalvin cook, depending on how, like how, how that goes as far as the snake. So yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of case study on, where you're drafting players and uh, value and things like that. So very much so. All right. Wide receivers. I mean, not really inspiring. I think. No, no, not at all. 
Yeah, I, I think people might be a bit optimistic on uh, Kadarius Tony heading into the season. I mean, Kenny Galladay is probably due for some sort of regression, especially if Daniel Jones is good and not hurt because Daniel Jones has his all, also has his own injury issues. Yep. Um, but I don't, I'm not looking into any receivers on the Giants at this point. I disagree. I'm actually pretty interested in Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay at their current prices. Like I, I think is you know guys with some level of, of upside because I look at the Giants situation too, and I say to myself, okay, Daniel Jones goes down, right? Yeah, we've seen we've seen Terod Taylor produce steady fantasy receivers before. So it's not like it's impossible to get something out of that situation. It, it, it is definitely possible. Now, is it like, is it ideal? Is it a situation that I really want to invest heavy in? No, not really. But am I interested at Kenny Galladay in round 12? And I'm trying to find Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony in round 10. Yeah, I'll be interested. I I like Kenny Galladay in round 12. They, they paid him a shit ton of money. It's, it's the Christian Kirk argument that they paid Christian Kirk a shit ton of money in Jacksonville. They're going to get him involved. You bring in Brian Dable because you want to get all of your high end offensive pieces involved. And there's no more higher end offensive piece. The giants have currently in their passing game than Kenny Galladay, who they spent a gazillion dollars on just 12 months ago. and has been an unmitigated disaster so far in New York. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking at guys that he's around, that both players are around in on fantasy pros in full PPR. I mean, you have like Alan Lazard, Traylon Burks, Chase Claypool, Jacoby Myers, Garrett Wilson, who are around Tony. Yeah. And then you have uh, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Rano Moore, MVS, and Devontae Parker, who are around Galladay. Yeah. And I mean, some of those options are a lot higher upside, I think, than Galladay and Tony. Yeah, I mean, I could, hey, I could tell you right now, I think I'd rather I'd rather take the flyer on someone like Michael Gallup. Yeah, or even Chris Olave. Chris, with- Chris Olave is, yes, yes, yep. I'd rather, t- I'd rather take Chris Olave because I wrote about him in a column today, Adam, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, also because it on a corner, Jameis Winston, New Orleans, Louisiana, such a fine sight to see. Yeah, my, 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 my guy, my fucking guy. I love him. I love him. Well, he airs it out. We know that he's going to rack up a fuck ton of yards. And his last, his last full year as a starter, he led the league in passing yards. Problem was he threw 30 and, interceptions and interceptions. <laughs> he threw 30 picks. Yeah. But yes, if, I, if I'm going to take a chance on one of these Giants receivers, it's going to be Kenny Galladay in round 12. Yeah. And if you can get him later, even better. Okay. Because the expectation is Kenny Galladay is going to do nothing anyway. So it's just like, you know, eh, whatever. I mean, it's basically like free money at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You're playing with house money. Yeah. All right. So now we'll move on to your actual favorite team. 
and I'm not going to be facetious and say the Philadelphia Eagles because I'm, I'm just not. It's the Fuck Cowboys. The Eagles. See, now you know how I feel about the Dolphins and the Patriots. Well, fuck the Eagles. Fuck the Pats and the Dolphins. Listen, the Patriots are a high-class organization. The Dolphins, not so much. Dolphins, the, Bill, not so much. the Bills are okay. But we, we, we love the New England Patriots, and we love Bill Belichick. Great guy. We? We? We, yes, we. Is that the singular we? Because it's not me. Singular, yes. Yeah, because it's not. I'm not included in that. <laughs> the royal we. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the Jets and Bills don't really have a rivalry. It's the Jets, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. But anyway, um, the Dallas Cowboys moving swiftly on to their quarterback. I mean, Dak Prescott's a top five option. Not for me. No. Mm-hmm. Really? No, not for me. Uh, I like Dak. I like Dak a lot. And I will say outside of the top, the top four, top four, because I think Lamar, even top five, I think Lamar and Kyler might be in a tier by themselves, but then it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. But then you have Lamar, Kyler, four five for me. And then after that, you kind of have six or seven guys that you can just interchange out of Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford. And even if you want to put Trey Lance in there, you can. I wrote about him in my column today too, Trey Lance. Um, but as as for Dak, I like him. I like him at QB8. I do. Um, and again, I just kind of think that I think this is a Cowboys offense that people are going to want to invest in. And if we're looking at all the teams in the NFC East, What's the offense that people are going to be most excited about investing in? Probably is Dallas. Probably is. And I say that, you know, kind of just grinding my teeth a little bit because, I mean, you lost Amari Cooper. I mean, you have CD, who's going to be exciting. Dalton Schultz, we'll get to Dalton Schultz. But, you know, it's like outside of CD and Dalton, you know, you have Michael Gallup, who you don't know what his status is uh, health-wise. And then outside of that, you're looking at Jalen Tolbert. You're looking at James Washington. Not really, you know, super exciting. I would take I would take a deep flyer uh, in like 12, 14 team leagues on Jalen Tolbert more than I would James Washington. But, you know, and, and, and you're also got to look into, and we'll talk about him in a minute, uh, Tony Pollard, who they're looking at in, in the slot. They've been running him in the slot in training camp because they want to have him and Zeke on the field more often. So if there's even more Tony Pollard, involved in more passing situations and we're going to see both Zeke and Pollard on the field at the same time. I mean, you could realistically have really good solid options for, for Dallas in, in, in fantasy. And, you know, I mean, Dak, I like him. I like him. He'll be fine. He'll be pretty steady. Uh, I just want to see what his strength of schedule is. Okay. He's middle of the road. He's got 12, the 12th easiest, which isn't, isn't so bad. Isn't so bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that you just look at the numbers he's going to put up and that's just what Dak does when he's healthy. It's just, he puts up a lot of numbers and that's where you're looking at at, in a quarterback. And I don't think he's going to be drafted at the QB eight because I think people are going to be a lot higher on the Cowboys offense than like 
people who are looking at fantasy, like analytically speaking, just because what? I'm just looking at to see where, where Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott's being drafted as QB 11 right now. Oh, my God. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, if you're drafting Dak Prescott as the QB 11, congratulations to cartwheels. That's a coup. Yeah, that's great. It, it, is that also like Matthew Stafford is going higher than than Dak? Well, that I could. That's an easy explanation. That is, you just won the Super Bowl. Here is a bump up in your draft price. Correct. Correct. That's Super Bowl bias right there. Joe Burrow also. Where, where, where is that love for Cam Akers? Where is that love for my son Cam? Yeah, there's that for love for sake. Alan Robinson's getting that love, and he wasn't even on that team. Yeah, when they won the Super Bowl. Now let's see, let's see where where Cam is is being drafted right now. Cam is going four five. That's four, not five. bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah, it's not terrible. Not terrible. I would be taking him in the second round. That's just me. You take him first first overall if you wanted to. If it was a popularity contest, Adam, you bet your ass I would. Cam Akers, number, Cam Akers, first overall. I'm on Russ St. Brown, number two overall. By the way, when I was writing this, when I was writing this column today, that I'm alluding to, and I'm plugging harder than shit right now. Um, guess who is the most rostered player per share on uh, fantasy championship winning teams last year? I'm gonna guess Amon Ross St. Brown. It was Amon Ross St. Brown, twenty three percent. Yeah, twenty three percent. I I saw I saw that. I got very excited. I was like that. That's my boy. Yes. So anyway, so Dak. Yeah. I mean, Dak, he's not going to go with the QB 11. He's not going to go with the Q as the QB eight. No, that, that I think Dak, Dak QB eight is more realistic. QB 11 is not happening. That, that price is going to correct. No doubt about he, it. He's probably going to go as like the QB six in a lot of leagues. Well, I think Jalen is going to be more popular than him because of the rushing upside. I definitely think Tom Brady is going to be more popular than him. And you also got to look at, and I would not do this, but this is going off of current ADP. Joe Burrow is the QB four coming off the board right now. I have him at QB nine. So there is a huge discrepancy between the general public and I on Joe Burrow. I will not. If Joe Burrow in a month's time, we're still talking about Joe Burrow as the QB four. I'm out. Yeah, and I think with the rushing... It's Adam. Last year it was T. Higgins, now it's Joe Burrow. What's next? We're going to go to uh, Jamar Chase next year? If we're not already. Do we have a war going on against Cincinnati Bengals? I don't know. We might. I can't, I can't confirm nor deny that. We might. I don't know. I was going to say the rushing upside, I think part of this is just because Dak is coming off of a catastrophic leg injury, mm-hmm. but... The rushing, he's due for regression. I mean, it his rushing numbers in 2021 just do not line up at all with his numbers in the seasons before that, excluding 2020, of course, um, where he only had 146 yards and one rushing touchdown. It's a good call, Adam. It's a good call that he could definitely see uh, an uptick in those rushing attempts. And I, I am calling for him to have more uh, rushing attempts um, in 2022. So that, that's a very good call. 
I have him basically going back to where he was 2016, 2017. I have him at 55, but 57 is what he did 2016, 2017. Then 2019 is where he had 52. So in that 50, we'll say we'll take the two numbers. 52 to 57 is probably a good, a good number to assume for Dak. Yeah. And around three, three touchdowns at the lowest and like maybe six or seven at the high, at the high end. I haven't projected for four. Yeah. So in between that number. It's kind of weirdly consistent where before this season, even in 2020, he had either six rushing touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns in every season. Well, let's hope for six, Dak. Yep. But I think that will contribute to, if there's anything that will contribute more to him being a top five option, it's his uh, rushing yards going up and rushing touchdowns going up as well as the passing yards. Um, and, uh, you know, his passing touchdowns, he had a career year, yeah. really, as yeah. far as touchdown interception ratio. 37 and 37 to 10 is absurd. Yeah. Also tying his career high in dropbacks, but also setting up uh, a yeah, career high in completions over, over 400 completions, 410 for being exact. And a, a career high in percentage as well. Yep. By 0.8. Yep. But point eight. But yeah, I like Dak. I like Dak. He's going to be super consistent. He's, you know, he's going to have his weeks where he's meh, but he'll be good. He'll be good. He'll meet his floor most weeks. And then he'll have his weeks where he just, he blows up and has monster games. That's just who Dak is. Yep. So Dak, I think... I, I think, you know, and we'll talk more about this when we get to like the, uh, the, the debates because um, I don't want to spend too much time on this. But I think with, with Dak, he's kind of in that group of, of quarterbacks where it's like you are okay drafting in that range where you know you're going to get potential growth out of that spot. Yeah, and I mean, you look at his schedule also. You know, he's got two games against Washington, you know, the Commanders. Uh, he's going, he's home against Detroit, home against the bears, home against Houston, goes to Jacksonville, um, goes, he's home against Indianapolis, which is kind of like an okay defensive matchup. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And even like week one again against Tampa Bay, that might prime time. Tip, yeah. Prime time. Tampa Bay secondary is a little, it's not as good as it was two years ago. I don't think at home too. at home. Yeah. In Dallas. Dak Dak also had a great, great game against Tampa last year on opening night. And that was on the road in Tampa. Yes. So I, I would expect very, very similar production. And if you're looking, if you're looking at Dak too, and I'm, I, I know people don't really look into the whole schedule thing, but having like less licks or having guys in later slots is important. The first three weeks, he's got Sunday night football, 425 on Sunday, then Monday night football. Yeah. Although the thing Something is you want to look at if you if you want close to less licks. Yeah. And I think the 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 thing is on the other side of that coin is that week 17 championships, he plays on Thursday against Tennessee. Oh. That's gross. Yeah. That's gross. But fan, I mean, oof, the, the end of the season is great. Indianapolis, Jackson. Houston, Jacksonville 
at home versus Philly than at Tennessee. That's great. And if you want to go even further, you use the Thanksgiving game against the Giants at home also. Oh, great. That's going to be one we lose. I'm going to be sitting at my my Thanksgiving dinner having to hear from all the fucking Giants fans when they're killing us 28 to 3. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Both games against the Giants are in prime time. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? All right. Um, the running backs, it's it's two guys, it's Zeke and Pollard. I mean, yeah. my bold prediction was that Tony Pollard would be better than Zeke or something along those lines. And I seem to be getting right, like close to writer every single day because the Dallas Cowboys just want to use Tony Pollard in every situation possible. Correct. Correct. I, and yeah. I have in, in PPR, I have both inside my top 30. I have Zeke at 16. I have Tony Pollard at 29. I think both are going to be usable. Um, I would just say, though, if you're going to be investing in Zeke, it might be a scary proposition because odds are you're going to want to have Tony Pollard. I don't know if Tony Pollard – I don't know if Tony Pollard's going to be one of those where he's just a straight handcuff and that's it. I think Tony Pollard's going to have appeal for every single team in your leagues, whether or not you have Zeke – or, you know, if you don't, you're going to so be, be fighting for him. Think of Tony Pollard in the way that we were talking about Kareem Hunt last year and how Kareem Hunt, you know, we projected him to have standalone value on his own with Nick Chubb. This is the same situation. Yeah. And I mean, you're going to be fighting guys in like the seventh, eighth round. You want to pay a seventh, eighth round pick for a handcuff? I mean, you have to think about that when you're drafting Zeke. Uh, how about round six? Yeah. How about that's round six? Pollard, going six, that's, eight. Oh, God, that's where Tony Pollard is going? That's crazy. I mean, I don't know. And, yeah, it's good. And forget about it. If you want to – if Zeke goes down and you want to trade for Tony Pollard, you're fucked. Yep. Yep, you're fucked. And Tony Pollard is going to hold you for ransom as, as, you know, they should. Yeah, even more so than, like, if you had Alexander Madison or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Tony Pollard's gonna have gonna have value, and you, he probably is gonna be a flex worthy start most weeks. Um, but Zeke, Zeke, you know if he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. But it's just health that you have to worry about. I mean, people people also forget with with Zeke. Zeke still a year ago was a thousand yard rusher with ten touchdowns. It wasn't pretty by any stretch. I don't want to get you know that confused, but it. He, he still was effective. He still was effective in spots. So I don't want people to completely take Zeke off of their radar. But again, set a price for him. And if he doesn't make it to your price, then don't worry about it. But you can't, you can't be reaching for Zeke. Like, I think if you're getting Zeke in the middle of round, middle, late round three, I think it's great. But if you're taking him at the turn, like a two, three turn, I don't know if I love that as much. It just, it also depends on who you're taking him over. Like for me, I have Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams, Saquon, Kamara, Jones, et cetera, et cetera, all higher than Zeke. But I would take Zeke over James Conner. I would take him over David Montgomery. I would take him over Travis Etienne, who has gotten a lot of steam over the last couple of weeks. There are a lot of people who now are really liking Travis Etienne and myself included, because we're also going to remember that James Robinson 
may not start the season on time. So if James Robinson starts the season on time, Travis Etienne is a top 20 running back to start. And then maybe you could start talking about him being maybe top 15. He's got that, got that upside for sure. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Zeke is that last season really was a 1,000-yard season that felt like a 700-yard season. It did. For, it did. For Zeke. Very much so. If I had to guess his stats without looking at them beforehand, I would have been like, oh, yeah, he rushed for like 800 yards and like seven touchdowns or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it just felt like he was limping to the end. Very much so. Very much so. It's 100% right. But Zeke is not playing for his cash per se. He's playing to keep his job. Mm-hmm. as a member of the Dallas Cowboys, because yeah. the Cowboys have an out at the end of this year in uh, yep. Zeke's contract. A very friendly out. So, And they have a guy that they, are, that they are comfortable, can potentially be the guy for them in Tony Pollard. So it's not like they don't have a plan after, after Zeke, because they do. So Zeke, which, Zeke's got to play for it this year. He has to, because if he doesn't, He's not on the Cowboys next year. Yep. And, uh, you know, NFL contracts aren't fully guaranteed, so it's not like they can just put him on Robita Island or something like that, like in yep. the NHL. Correct. Um, okay. So receivers for the Cowboys. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, uh, Jalen Tolbert and James Washington, Michael Gallup as well. Uh, Michael Gallup I have pretty low right now, but that I'm also waiting on some health checks with him. So within the next week or so, because teams are reporting veterans report a week from today, Tuesday. So once we get into the full swing of training camps, I'll do a full rankings update and I'll probably have a better gauge on where I have Michael Gallup. But right now I'm operating under the assumption that he's not going to be healthy enough to start the season, which has him outside my top 50. But if he's healthy enough to start the season, Michael Gallup will probably be a top 35 receiver for me. That's just how much I like him, uh, especially as a number two option in this Cowboys offense. He's got to remember they chose Michael Gallup over Amari Cooper. So, and Isaiah Wilson kind of, or Cedric Wilson. Sorry. Well, Cedric Wilson's gone. Yeah. Over. Oh, uh, oh, you're saying that they chose Michael Gallup over Cedric Wilson and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Isaiah Ah, Wilson ah, is ah, the ah, failed ah, prospect from the Titans. I totally miss misnamed that. It's Cedric Wilson. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. Um, But yes, Jalen Tolbert as well. I I like the upside of, of Tolbert. And then, of course, James Washington. So I think, you know, there's a chance that Washington and Tolbert, you know, mix and match there. Um, I This is just a personal hunch. This is not anything that I've heard, so don't take this as gospel. But the Cowboys have the third most cap space in the league right now. They want to win a championship this year. The Seahawks are not going anywhere. Send the Seahawks a first and a second round pick for DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf on the Cowboys would be amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I just don't understand the infatuation that Dallas has with just keeping all of their picks and building through the draft. We talk, I, Jake and I talk about this all the time. Why they do it, this, I don't understand it. You want to get better, you want to win a championship. That's what this team is set up to do, and the window is closing fast. You bring DK Metcalf in. Holy smokes. I mean, look what the Rams did. You know, they could have wallowed in mediocrity with Jared Goff, 
But no, they swung for the fences and traded for Matt Stafford, and they just won a Super Bowl. Correct. Correct. And they said DK Metcalf. Yeah. DK Metcalf is twenty-four years old. CD Lamb is twenty-three years old. You have a one-two receiving core of DK Metcalf and CD Lamb in Dallas for the next five years. That extends your window because tell me who's stopping an offense that has DK Metcalf and CD Lamb in it? Nobody. Yeah, and that's going to really open it up for Dalton Schultz too. Yeah, who we're going to talk about? But CD Lamb, I have as my wide receiver six. I like him a whole lot, but he's also he's also part of a of a group of like the second the second wide receivers that outside of Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, you kind of have a middle group here that's just kind of like, eh, you know, CD, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel. And I'm not going to say, I'm not sitting here and saying they're not good. I'm just saying that it's very interchangeable and you can process and, you know, decipher that group however you want. I like CD the most out of those guys, but it's very close between him and Mike Evans, I will say, because I, oh, I love Mike Evans. I, I made the move. I have Mike Evans, the top seven receiver in full point. I'm all over that. Wow. Well, I mean, if Chris Goblin is Chris Goblin, is he going to start the season or is he going to be out? TBD. For... TBD. So that we'll find explains out. We'll that. Definitely, we'll definitely find out more next week. Yeah. All right. So now the tease that you've been teasing for the past like 30 minutes. Let's talk about Dalton, or I'm maybe exaggerating that a little bit. Dalton Schultz, what do you got? I love him. I love him. Uh, he's my tight end four. Wow. I made the move. It's I made a podcast. The move. So I, I, I just raised my eyebrows. Just so I only know. did it because I think Dalton Schultz has the highest touchdown appeal out of him, Schultz, uh, him, Kittle, and Waller. Who do I think have more receptions? I think Kittle and Waller will have more receptions. But do I see potentially Dalton Schultz having more touchdowns than Kittle and Waller? Yes, I do. I, I see it. It's in the range of outcomes. Yeah, because George Kittle and Darren Waller, or George Kittle and Darren Waller, they just don't catch touchdowns. Like this, I, they Their touchdown numbers are really lacking for top five tight ends. And I'm asking all of you beautiful people right now, don't do what the general public are doing and take Dawson Knox over Dalton Schultz in the seventh round. That is oh. absolutely fucking disgusting. Don't oh, do I that. Gonna, I think I'm going to throw up. I, I want to violently throw up. I, I want to violently projectile vomit. That's disgusting. Don't do that. Don't I do that. Take Tyler take, Conklin over. Take beautiful, wonderful Dalton Schultz and make me happy. Put a smile on my face. Take Tyler I like Conklin. to smile. Do you like to smile, Adam? I do. I like to smile too. You know what would make me smile? Taking Dalton Schultz. That would make me smile. Dalton Schultz might be the answer to our to one of our one quick questions at the end of the episode, just as a hint. Might be. Might be. All right. The Philadelphia Eagles, real yep. quick. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, Jalen Hurts, we know, we know with Jalen Hurts, he's a he's a guy with rushing upside. That's what keeps him in to the top 10, top five at this point. And you know, that's kind of what, it, yeah, that's just what it is with Jalen Hurts at this point. I love the dual threat ability that he brings to the table. That's what I, that's what I really like about Jalen Hurts. We talked about it enough times in this podcast. You don't you need to hear me regurgitate it. But yeah, Jalen Hurts is a top six option for me in the position. Yep. Running back is a bit more dubious. Well, 
Well, Adam, um, when you have the running back of the Philadelphia Eagles and Miles Sanders telling fantasy owners don't draft him because there's going to be a thousand different guys getting the ball, um, that says a lot. That speaks volumes. So, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, don't draft Miles Sanders. Uh, I have Miles Sanders outside my top 30 anyway. I know a lot of people like him for that late round sort of appeal. I don't. I'm not buying into that. Yeah. Also, as the chorus response to Miles Sanders, we know you guys are going to use 50 running backs. We watched the Eagles last year. Correct. Because that's literally what they did. Correct. They, remember, did, they did this last year. Remember the two weeks of Kenneth Gainwell where everybody thought that he was going to be like the greatest thing since sliced bread? Yep. Yep. And it turned out to be Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't draft Miles Sanders. It's not worth your time. I would honestly, I would be very out on the Philadelphia Eagles running back situation as a whole, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, I mean, they drafted a guy. You know, Kennedy Brooks is okay. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but again, it's like you're you're throwing him into a pit of like five guys where they're going to be battling it out, and it's just a matter of, you know, I, I don't want any of them, if I'm being quite honest. I don't blame you either. Um, Okay. Uh, Receivers. A little less dubious. You have two. Well, basically, it's like two guys at the top in your tier one Mm -hmm. and then everybody else. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty clear. You have AJ Brown's could be at the top 12 receiver has some significant concerns because of Health, the soft tissue injuries, which we talk about all the time in this podcast, they just don't ever go away. So that's definitely a bit of a bit of a concern. But a top 12 guy, they brought him in. They paid him a boatload of money. They're going to use him. And he's got top, top 12 upside. I expect him to use him quite often. And he's in a pretty good division where, you know, he's going to be going up against corners that he could probably take advantage of. So, you know, for what it's worth, I, I I do like AJ Brown. It just depends on what you're paying for him. I have him as my wide receiver 11. As for Devonta Smith, I have him as my wide receiver 35. Um, I'm not loving the whole Devonta Smith thing right now. I don't know where the consensus has Devonta Smith, but I'm kind of out on on Devonta Smith. I want to see it before I'm willing to go and uh, and invest in that. Uh, I know in uh, for the current ADP, he's going in round eight. So uh, the general public seems to be pretty down on him as well. So Devonta Smith in full 35 on Facebook. 35 as well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then the consensus and I agree. And I think that, I mean, may, if I'm overblowing this, let me know, but Jalen hurts as a thrower, you're kind of relying on him to sustain elite fantasy production for a, or at least one and a half seasons of elite fantasy production for these two receivers. Is that kind of over? Are you over expecting if that's even a word? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think it is. And then also Dallas Goddard, who we're going to talk about as well. So really yep. it's like two seasons. If you want to count like, you know, whatever. Anyway. Well, you we, had, you had two halves of Jalen Hurts' season last year. You had the first half of the season where they trusted Jalen Hurts in his arm and the second half of the season where they didn't. So which version are you going to get with this offense? If they don't trust Jalen Hurts in his arm, it's not going to be good for AJ Brown, Devonta Smith and for Dallas Goddard. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, but if AJ Brown inevitably, I mean, you don't want to wish injury on anybody, but you can kind of predict based off of previous evidence that AJ Brown's going to come down with, with like a, a small it's the, injury. it's the soft tissue stuff, the niggling stuff that he could potentially uh, get. Yeah. Hamstrings, yep. assorted those strains. Little, those little niggles that, yep. you know, they, they, they come and go for any, any of these guys with a soft, with a soft tissue injury history. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like the more that you get them, like if you get them, mm-hmm. then you're going to get them even more Correct. as your career goes on. Correct. They only become more prevalent as you get older. That's a hundred percent right. Yeah. And like, as you try and play on it more also, if you're like, Oh, well, that's fine. It's just a hamstring injury strain. There's nothing structurally wrong, but you know, I've tried to walk or run with strained hamstrings and it sucks. It's not fun. It's not I don't fun. know how I've, people I've do done it. My hamstr- I've done my hamstring in four times. It's not fun. Yeah. It feels like it feels like somebody's like, pressing their elbow on the back of your leg mm-hmm. as you're yep. walking. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Yeah, it's not good. Anyway, um, really, really, it's the back of your thigh. But I think that like when w- the point of what I was saying is that when uh, AJ Brown goes down with an injury, if he goes down with an injury, uh, Devonta Smith could be that guy again. Uh, you don't want to project injuries, though. That's a, that's a tough game to play. Yeah, it's true. It's a, tough, it's a tough game to play. It's a danger. It's a dangerous game to play too, because it's like you know you you don't want to draft someone with the expectation that the other guy in front of them is going to get hurt and that bolts into being a top fifteen option. Like if that's what happens, then yes, Devonta Smith will be a fifth top fifteen, top twenty easy option. You can but, still draft him at his current position and be happy with it. I think. Yeah, you can. You can. He, he he's going to be you know he could be kind of streaky, but. I mean, uh, let's just say, I mean, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis is going lower than Devonta Smith. Finally, get, finally, Gabe Davis is in a position where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to take a stab at that. Elijah saying anything, Moore. Saying anything nice about Gabe Davis would uh, get you shot on r slash fantasy football, by the way. Amon Ross St. Brown is going in round nine. That's disgraceful. Take Amon Ross St. Brown over Devonta Smith, please. I'm I, I'm I'm on my knees. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's a little different now with um, more receiving options in Detroit, but like still, Amon Ross St. Brown still has a year on uh, you know on the other guys. And you know Detroit's going to be in a pa- going to be a passing offense because they stink. Yeah, we're Philadelphia. They're probably going to want to run the ball, unless they stink too. Yeah, unless they stink too, which I don't think they're going to. I think I think Philadelphia is going to be competitive. I think the NFC is going to be very competitive. Yeah. Um, okay. So last but not least, you know we are kind of running low on time here, so let's move on. Well, I, move- I, I we didn't talk about Dallas Goddard. Oh, right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it quick with Dallas Goddard. My, uh, my tight end seven, he's basically at that last sort of end of draftable tight ends where you can probably take one of them and be okay, even though between Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, TJ Hawkinson, I probably would want to draft another guy with them. 
But if you were to just take one of those and not draft another tight end, I think you're okay. I think you're okay. But I would, I would want to pair those guys probably. Yeah. I mean, before the Eagles traded for AJ Brown, I would have been fine with drafting Dallas Goddard where he's going now. But after that, where there's going to be way more targets going away from Dallas Goddard. Yeah. I'm not as crazy about it for sure. No, I'm not either. Okay. Now we can move on to the commanders and, you know, just as a programming note, we're going to just stick with the NFC East for this one and move on to the AFC East for another hour. We're yeah. here for another hour and I need to eat dinner because I've been basically talking all day and uh, I need to eat. <laughs> well, you, well, you know how we go with our tangents, but anyway. Hey, hey, it means it just means you're going to get you're going to get the AFC East on uh, on Friday. So. Yep. So the commanders, so let's start off with their quarterback. Yep. They actually have a competent quarterback. Who would have yes. thought? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, only really viable in 12, 14 team leagues and in two quarterback. Um, so in 10 team leagues, Carson Wentz is probably not going to be on your radar. Um, but yeah, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Well, before we move on to Antonio Gibson and Jamie McKissick, we have to talk about the perennially underrated receiver of the Washington commanders. My favorite guy, Curtis Samuel. He's alive. He's on the team. He's being paid money. Let's see where I have Curtis Samuel. They even have him ranked. I should. If I could find him. Uh, Curtis well, that's Samuel. not a great sign. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. I have him as my wide receiver 84. Is that in, uh, is that in full? Or that's half in full. Or? That's in full. Oh. Okay. That's in full. Well, you know, he has rushing upside, so, you know, it's not all about receiving. Keep dreaming, Adam. Curtis Samuel. Keep dreaming. One of these days. Keep dreaming. Broken clocks right twice a day. I will want, One of these days I'll be right about, Jake, about Curtis Samuel or Derek Carr or somebody. Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> anyway, so the running backs. Antonio Gibson is another one of those guys that had, like, an 1,000-yard season that felt like a 700-yard season. Where, like, he was dealing with injuries as well, like Zeke. Um, and he had a handcuff that was kind of nipping at his heels a little bit, like Zeke with J.D. McKissick. Yeah, I want absolutely no part of Antonio Gibson. Absolutely no part. You want, you want to know where I have him, Adam? Where do you have him? He is my RB24. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty where, low. Where does the consensus happen? In full point PPR, he's yeah. at 20. Okay. So it's not it's not too outlandish. But yeah, I am at 24. I just I just want no part. They have I want no part. Travis Etienne. Yeah, I am higher. Uh Zeke is higher. Dave higher. Montgomery is higher. Higher. Cam Akers obviously is higher. We know that. Extraordinarily higher. Even Alvin Kamara, who is not going to be playing for the first six games, probably. Um, is I haven't higher. heard of the official yet, but I'm still I'm still ranking Alvin Kamara as if he's playing a full 17 game season. Yeah, well, that's why I said probably because we yeah. don't know yet. No, the Sean Watson, on the other hand, I have moved completely. 
I have moved yeah. completely because it looks like it's not that's not happening as as it should not happen. Wait, what? What do you mean it's I'm, not happening? No, I'm saying that him not him playing a full season is not happening. Oh, I thought you were gonna say he's not getting suspended as he should. I'm like, what is oh, wrong? No, 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 no. He 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 absolutely 100 percent deserves suspension. He's gonna be suspended the entire season. That's gonna be fought out through litigation. That's gonna take months. Well, fuck him. But that's not why we're here. True. Uh, yeah. I see what, I see your point, though. But I think maybe with a better quarterback, the commanders aren't going to be as terrible of a team as they were last year. The team felt really kind of like uninspired. And you know, they lost their heart and soul leader, the defense, and Chase Young early in the season to a torn ACL. Um, they just, they weren't as good as they were in 2020. I mean, flat out. And now with not Taylor Heineke, a quarterback, I think it might be better for Antonio Gibson. I mean, you're getting him at a value at that point. Cause he has some upside. Some, some, but again, it, it all comes down to the fact that also you have to take into account that there is the real possibility that Washington is going to be using not just Antonio Gibson, but they spent a pretty significant draft pick on Brian Robinson. They also have Jared Patterson. They have those guys there that can do the business. Oh, and they also have JD McKissick who they are going to continue to use. So, you have J.D. McKissick as your third down guy, and Brian Robinson comes in as your bruiser. Jared Patterson maybe use your change of pace guy, even though I think they're all going to carry three running backs. If I had to bet, it would be Brian Robinson, uh, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. But uh, I worry with Antonio Gibson. I, I'm really, really nervous about that one, and I don't want any part. I definitely see your logic there. I do. Now, on the other hand, with Mr. Terry McLaurin, oh, 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 I'm smitten. I'm smitten. Yeah, I he's going to be great. First competent quarterback that he's had. And he got paid. Yeah. And he got paid. Yep. Yes, please. I'm in. I'm in. Top 20 receiver. Yep, I'm good with that. No problem good. at all. Let's just see what I have him projected for um, in terms of, yeah, I have him down for 85 catches, 1,126 yards, and eight touchdowns. So I, I, I'm projecting a monster season from Terry McLaurin. Basically, like career highs and everything. Yep. Yep. Look what happens when you have a competent quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had 87, 77 catches, over 1,000 yards, in a, and – uh, four and five touchdowns in his last two seasons. Yep. And that was with a combination of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen yep. was there at that, at one point. Yep. Who started yeah, the, the, the yeah. touchdowns? The touchdowns might be a little high, but can he realistically, can he realistically get six or seven? Yes. Yes, he can. Yep. Eight would be, well, eight would be terrific. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then tight ends, Logan Thomas. Yeah. We kind of alluded to 
his health a little bit uh, wow. earlier in the show. But um, yeah, I mean, Logan Thomas should be an interesting option at tight end. Yeah, just be mindful of the fact that he might miss uh, the first couple weeks of the season with a torn ACL and that the the commanders did draft um, Cole Turner, I believe his name was, in round five. So there is the possibility that he may not start the season, but could be had at a pretty solid enough value. Yeah. For sure. All right. So for this next part, this one quick question, yeah. I'm going to make it really quick. Yep. Rapid fire. Just no, not a lot of analysis. Who is one guy from each team that you will be looking to draft heading into 2022? Where do you want to start? Well, just go, just name four, just name the four. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Jalen Hurts, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay. Uh, I will say Dalton Schultz for mine also. Love, Love the it. guy. Love it. Great guy. Um, or even Tony Pollard. If I'm gonna, I'll go different from you. I'll say Tony Pollard is okay. my guy for Dallas. Okay. Um, I will say for the Giants, uh, this is going to – me from like two years ago is going to hate me from right now, but I'm going to say Saquon Barkley. Okay. Very, very risky if you have. I don't know. Yeah. Who is this? I know. Very unlike me. I would put I would put a thousand dollars down that you don't have a share of Saquon Barkley anywhere. <laughs> Safest bet I'll ever make. I, I might, depending on where he goes. I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Well, we're gonna be doing a live draft stream. So we will. And if you want to, if you want to send me to an early grave, you take Saquon Barkley on that draft show. Okay. I'll take it. I'll get the first overall pick. I don't even know what pick. We didn't even do our lottery. No, yet. we didn't. We didn't do draft order yet. Yeah, but I'll, I'll take him in the first round and I'll just see you have a heart attack and be like, who are you and what have you done without him? Yep, I'll be convinced that you're a clone. You're a cyborg. Uh, okay, so Tony Pollard, Z, or, uh, Saquon Barkley from the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is a pretty... I'll go with Jalen Hurts Safe for one. that one also. Safe, Safe one. one. But it, yeah, because like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, all have question marks. Yeah. And honestly, Jalen Hurts does too. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're kind of. It's, expect- not, it's, not, it's not an easy situation to invest in. So if you're going to want to invest in something, might as well invest in the guy spearheading the operation. Yeah. And I think with an even better supporting cast, maybe the Jalen Hurts will develop more as a passer. Yep. And, you know, that'll be great for AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Sure. Um, and then for the commanders, I'm going to say. I mean, you were busy defending Antonio Gibson. So if you don't say Antonio Gibson now, it's a letdown. Yeah. I mean, I could say Antonio. Oh, Gibson. No, 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 no. You can't say Antonio Gibson. You can't say anybody else. You have to say Curtis Samuel. Oh, actually, you're right. Curtis Samuel is my guy for Perfect. the commanders. Now, now I would bet $1,000 that you will be drafting Curtis Samuel. I, I would make that. I would make that bet. I don't think I'm going to be drafting him this year. That's a shame. I don't know. That's going to be very sad. Maybe with the last pick, because I don't think he's going to be drafted anymore. Nobody's going to draft him. So I'll probably, maybe with the last pick of the draft, I'll draft Curtis Samuel. Possibly. Bring a smile on my face. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsaw, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>